You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome. I would like to welcome in our special guest today. We have former California Golden Bear. We have former Vancouver Grizzly. He was an all-star with the Atlanta Hawks, as well as an Olympic gold medalist. And he is the current president of the G League and the founder of the Future Foundation. We have Sharif Abdurrahim with us. Tyler, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. First things first. How are you? I like to ask the legends how, how they're doing. So, how are you? We're, we're blessed. We're doing. We're doing well. Um, everyone's staying, staying healthy. Um, obviously, the last year plus has been an experience, and yep. um, we've all had to you know, work through challenges and, and, and kind of pull together. But you know, overall, we're we're, we're hanging in and, and just blessed. Definitely. Definitely. Now, when I was introducing you, you wear a lot of hats. So I like to add, like, did I did I miss anything? I feel like I missed a few titles. I know you were assistant coach, general manager, director, yeah. player, personnel. What the? What, what did I miss? But dad and husband. Yeah, okay, <laughs> those, those are the big two. Yeah, those are the big two. Well, otherwise we're square. We're good. Okay. We're good. Uh, as I mentioned, you are the president of the G League. Uh, how did that role come about for you? Yeah. Um, so I've, I've been at the league office. Um, I think six years now, mm -hmm. uh, six and a half years. And my, my prior four years before coming, heading to G League, I was with, um, you know, I was in league operations. So okay. NBA league operations and, 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 and helping and helping things there with on court matters and, 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 and so forth. Um, and, you know, you know, really Malcolm, Malcolm Turner, who was in that role prior, mm -hmm. um, he left for an opportunity, and you know, me being there, the, the opportunity was presented to me, and um, you know, I thought, you know, a lot of you know what I've been doing, you know, since I retired, I um, gone back and uh, uh, got my master's, so got my MBA, and, um, and done some internships at the MBA and some of the different business verticals. Um, you know, during my time with the Sacramento Kings, I ran the, the G League team, so it it. it it kind of just fit, you know, right. a lot of the experience, you know, playing and understanding the, the, the trajectory of a player's career and development and so forth. So it, right. it fit. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm having a, a great time um, leading the G League and learning. Um, I work with some great people. And, you know, obviously these have been extraordinary times. We're all, you know, just working through in business. Um, but it's been, you know, it's been a great experience so far. Hmm. So what uh, what does that role look like for you? Like you mentioned the pandemic, like working through all that. I know I'm certain it's a lot more virtual stuff, but what do, what does your role look like? There's a, in 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 general, you know, the G League serves as the development arm of you know at, at this point our our NBA team. So mm -hmm. we're 30 NBA teams at the G League. We're 28 um, G League teams that are owned or operated by NBA teams. Okay. Um, we last last year we launched our team. 
Team Ignite that is for and has a purpose for uh, young high school players that are on their way to the NBA that they spend time with us in the G League on that team. Um, and then we're in the process uh, of, of launching a team in, in Mexico. So okay. in, in all, you know, I oversee the, it's overseeing the, the basketball and basketball development for the next generation of NBA players, the business operations of the G League and looking to grow um, the value of the, of the G League and add value um, to the NBA teams and then just the strategy and planning of what that, what that becomes and what that looks like going forward. Hmm. Now, as part of the development, you know, it's a lot of younger guys. As president of the G League, how, how do you, I guess, how would you feel about, you know, guys in the G League, you know, speaking their mind about, you know, social justice or social issues, some of the things going on now? Like we've seen how it's been handled at the NBA level. So how, how do you handle it at the G League level? We, we encourage it. We encourage it. Um, you know, we want to be a part of the process of, of, of our guys having information, um, being educated, um, and, and amplifying their voices. I think you know what's different um, about our G League players is that they don't they don't always have the same platform. Right. You know their platform, their following, their profile aren't as big as you know NBA players, of course. So from a G League standpoint, we want to make sure that we are you know, that platform for them. And you know, we can put them up on, on our channels. We can give visibility to, to the work that they're doing. And, and we try to do that to uh, the best of our ability. But we want to make sure that their voices are heard. And at the same time, they, they, they have the insight and, and information into what's going on. Definitely. Now, uh, you mentioned the, the G League Ignite just finished their, their first years away kind of for, you know, prospects out of high school to have an alternative to college basketball. So, how, in your eyes, how did the first season go? It was tremendous. You know, I, I thought it went great, you know, and, and that's on the heels of everything that was going on around um, the world, how difficult it was to get together and play basketball. Um, I thought the group we had, um, we had some you know, really great young men, um, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, Dacian Nix, um, Isaiah Todd. You know, it was just an unbelievable group. They will go down as our first class of Ignite and you know, we're um, extremely proud of them, but they, you know, they competed and showed well. I thought they learned a lot. Um, you know, a lot of the, the the basketball is highlighted. Brian Shaw, uh, mm-hmm. legend, you know, former NBA player, legend, is the coach of that team. Um, Rod Strickland is the program director okay. of the group. Um, and a lot is highlighted around um, the basketball, but I thought we, we were able to do an outstanding job helping them start their process of education uh, around the business of of basketball um, around life as a professional basketball player Uh, we had you know a a lot of resources that we share with them um, to just help them prepare you know healthy relationships um, wellness and mental health Mm. uh, all of them you know in addition to paying them to play in the G League we provide all of them scholarships that they take advantage of you know, currently or in the future. So all of them, you know, signed up and, and took classes through Arizona State University. So, hmm. um, you know, it just starts that, you know, as you know, you, you, you know, from the G League to the NBA um, to Legends, you know, it is a, a, a lifetime connection and, and brotherhood that you have. And, you know, they started, they started with us and, and, and we're so excited that we were able to be a part of their process to, to heading into the NBA. 
I mentioned that you went to Cal. Uh, I like to go back with the legends a little bit. Uh, first thing, first things first. What got you from Marietta out to Berkeley? You know, that's, 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 that's quite the quite the jump yeah. to take. Yeah, you know, at, at that time, Todd Bozeman was the, the head coach at, at Cal, and and, and um, it was a you know, Cal was kind of on the rise at, at that point. Um, it was you know, I was a couple years behind Jason. Um, and he had a great run. So that kind of, you know, gave visibility where, you know, a kid from, you know, the, the, the Southeast, you know, knew, knew of Cal. Right. But Coach Bozeman, he, he, did, he did a great job of, you know, recruiting, recruiting me and really uh, sharing all that the university had to offer and not right. just come here and play basketball. Right. But, you know the education, the, the educational prowess of of the university, the, the uh, professors at that time. Um, Harry Edwards was still Professor Harry Edwards was still um, a, a professor at Cal. So mm-hmm. you know, talk to talk to um, talk to me about that. Being a Muslim, they had some of the top Islamic studies professor. Mm-hmm. All the activism that was going on on the campus. So, I mean, this was me at 18 years old. Like, he came into my living room with, like, huge cardboards of, like, pamphlets <laughs> and pull-outs from the university. This is before PowerPoints, I tell you. He didn't have TikToks uh, to yeah, show you. Yeah, <laughs> like, way before that. And, and uh, he just did a great job of, you know, ex- explaining and sharing all that the university had to offer. And it was, you know, it was, it was really his approach was really unique in that sense. And, you know, it, it was... You know, best decision that that I made. I was I'm mm. happy I made that decision. Now I feel like it may be, you know, hindsight twenty twenty. But would you think Sharif at eighteen, like, is the G League ignite? You think that's something that that would have appealed to you? It would have. It would have. It would have fit. You know, so so my high school my high school year, um, you know, the same high school class as Kevin Garnett and Kevin mm. Kevin made the jump, mm. right? And you know, I think it was different. Like Kevin started changing the way we the way we thought about things, because, you know, at the time we thought he was crazy. Like, you, know, <laughs> right. you, didn't even, you didn't even think, you know, that's before, like, one and done. You didn't even think right. coming out of high school. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, in the next year, you know, I had a, a much better freshman year than I expected, and I left school after my freshman year. Stephon Marbury left school after his freshman year. Mm-hmm. OB entered that year. Jermaine O'Neal mm-hmm. entered that year. So, you know, things shifted really um, quickly. And, you know, I think the way kids are thinking now, you know, they have so much more access to our game, so much more access to us as, you know, former players, current players, that they think, you know, they think differently. They think that right. they can do it. So, um, you know, everything that, that's provided, again, you know, the, you know, we go at a, you know, it's not, we don't play, a, the, the, that group doesn't play a complete 50 games. Uh, we, we really emphasize development, right. uh, we try to emphasize education and, uh, you know, just giving them a full experience. I, it would have been something that would have been um, intriguing with me to me definitely. Hmm. Uh, something I was going to ask you, I feel like you answered it though. Like you did one year at Cal, but did you ever consider like making that jump with Kevin? Cause he was the first guy to do it. And I, I in like a couple decades, uh, I believe. Yeah, not, not seriously. You know, from yeah. that time it mentioned it to, to myself and to my mother and they thought like I would be like a late lottery pick or, and, and, and again, like I just didn't think of myself that way. You know, mm-hmm. I never, I'd never played against pros, not even – I hadn't even played against that many college players in high school. And, right. You know, the, the, the time at Cal was necessary for me. Um, like I said, I think, you know, 
young men now they have so much more access to our game. Yeah. Um, to players, to training, like they just, I mean, they're better, you know, uh, it's, it's just a, it's a different, you know, it really is a different time. The game, you know, again, like you go different places, they can go different places around the world and be, um, be professional and right. not, they're not scared to do that. Um, so, it's, I mean, it's just, again, like it's just, a, it's a different, um, it's a different time. It, yeah. It is. Now, you mentioned like yourself and Stefan Marbury went after one year. And like you said, that was pretty rare at the time. So like going into Cal, did you like, were you just kind of taking it as it went? Did you plan to stay two years, three, four years? Or, like when did you realize, or I guess really start considering yeah. like, going pro? I mean, it wasn't until the end of my freshman year that like, mm. it was like a consideration. I, really? You know, I kind of, I outpaced my own expectations. Um, and, you know, people were having those conversations with me of where I could possibly be drafted. And, um, you know, it was, you know, kind of a whirlwind, honestly, right. because, I, you know, that's not the mindset I had coming into um, the season. You know, now, like, young men go into, you know, it's like, um, they, you know, you pretty much know he's going to be here. Right. You for, know, a ranger, yeah. And it wasn't, I mean, that information, you know, like the mock drafts, and none of that, you know, none of that. <laughs> right. None of that was available at the time. So, no, um, you, know, I, you know, I expected to be in school. And, you know, that's how, you know, I approached it. That's how my family approached it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't until, you know, after after my freshman year, really, that we started having those conversations. And that just went really fast. Yeah. Now, I, I talked to Antoine Walker, another member of that draft class. Uh, so I feel like I, I have to ask you, is that 96? Is that the best draft class of all time? Um, I have a hard time, you know, I'm, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I have a hard time, you know, saying that because I, I, I don't have context of like the, the uh, previous classes, you know, right. like, you know, and I'm, I'm always trying to be respectful to the legends and those that right. were before. So, you know, 84 was a great, a great class. I got a hard mm-hmm. time putting anything, you know, putting our class over 84. Now, everything after us. They can't. They can't touch us. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was an 3 with LeBron, Bosh. I, no I had no problem saying our, that class is. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I didn't realize. You know, he just did the, you know, the, the piece on NBA TV. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you the depth of of the draft and yeah. you know, what what some of the guys accomplished. Um, you know, like just further down the draft, I don't think you know you've ever seen seen that before. Uh, right. So, you know, I think I think our class was um, you know, you know, stands up against any class. But, you know, again, I you know, I respect the legend, so I'll I'll get a nod to eighty four. Okay, that's fair because Twan was like, Oh, without question. Like he he <laughs> like didn't consider the past or the future. So I, I can respect you yeah. you know, put some respect on, on the on the eighty four draft. Yeah. yeah. So when you were draft you were drafted into uh the Grizzlies when they were in Vancouver. Yes. So what do you remember about Vancouver, like just as as a basketball city, about going there at was it nineteen, twenty years old? I was yeah, I was nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, it, it was it was look. Vancouver is a great city. It was a great experience for me. Um, you know, it was great um, maturity and growing up mm. and experience. I mean, you know, I, I can remember being being on the uh, on the airplane with my agent, and, and we were leaving California. And, you know, I had no idea where Vancouver was. I was asking him, I was like, man, where, where are we going? Like, where is Vancouver? And, um, you know, this is just, you know, a kid from Georgia. He was like, well, it's next to Seattle. 
and, and and we had played you know i played in the pac 10 at that oh, time yeah and, mm-hmm. and, and you know seattle's um you know we're university of washington so i could you know i was like okay you know I could, somewhat yeah you know, you know i could put that together but i mean just great great city great um great culture um great history mm-hmm. um you know I, I just you know i over you know i was there five years so i just got to explore the city you know you know yeah. as i got more comfortable and um, learn about the history, the people, um, food. I mean, it's just a, you know, just unbelievable city. You know, basketball was growing there. You know, yeah. they were excited about basketball. I, I would say they were more at that time. They were more basketball fans and fans of the NBA and the stars of the NBA than they were Vancouver Grizzly fans. <laughs> right. You know, right. You know, so now, now when we played. You know, we played the other Canadian team. We played the Raptors. Mm-hmm. They were, go crazy and they would you know you saw the pride um but at that time they were really it was really about um the stars of the nba being able to come to vancouver Um, i think if we could have had more time there you would have really developed into you know a loyal fan base right um but just unbelievable city unbelievable people um i learned so much there i mean that's just a a a great experience i enjoyed my time there Mm. um you know, so so much. It was it was awesome. And, and, and I think I think the one thing I'd say, um, you know, although the Grizzlies didn't stay there, Toronto's been able to stay, you know, there. You saw what you've seen, you know, over that. You know, I guess it's been you know twenty five years or so. Ish, yeah. And and you start to see now, you know, more from the, the northern, you know, the Ontario area, the impact of basketball, the impact of the NBA, yeah. and all the players coming out. We've had, you know, Robert. Robert Sacrave and um, Kelly Olenek, mm-hmm. Ash, who was, you know, closer in my time. But you, you've had some of those players that came out of B.C. as well. But you've seen the impact from, you know, basketball being in Canada right. um, and, and those players matriculating to, to the NBA. Definitely. Because, yeah, now you got your uh, Jamal Murray's and R.J. Barrett, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So, I, I like, yeah, that, def- that influence definitely had to have something to do with that. Yeah, yeah. Now, you mentioned you were five years in Vancouver, then traded to the your, your hometown Hawks. How was playing at home? Because I've I've heard mixed reviews, you know, from people on, on playing at home. So how how was that? What was that experience was, like for it, you? It was great, um, you know, to be able to share to share the NBA experience with your family and friends. Yeah, awesome. I think for me at that time, you know, I was you know five years in. Um, I, mean, I, I think I just I just got married, so I was settled. Right. Uh, it was it was the right time, you know. I think yeah. if I going like if I'd been drafted, you know, I see players yeah, like at nineteen like, going back. That there, yeah. been, you know, that would have been tough. Just yeah, you know, people pulling at me, expectations. That would have been hard. You know, I I had I left home. I didn't you know I didn't I didn't go to school in Georgia. Um, you know, I started my pro career. So at that point, you know, I you know, I was pretty comfortable. Mm. You know, knew how to say no. <laughs> it was, it was, but it was great. It was, it was, it was, it was fun to be at home. I, you know, I had a couple of great years there. We made the All Star team, mm. um, but but it was, it was, it was fun. Uh, you, you mentioned that All Star team. I think oh one oh two, I believe. What the like? What do you remember about that experience? Like, just not even the game, just like the the entire weekend. What do you remember about that? What sticks out? Um. Wow, it's a couple of things. Um, you know, my, my wife was pregnant with our with our, <laughs> our first. That's one. 
Um, I got to meet Muhammad Ali. I took a picture. Was in wow. I took a picture um, before the game, courtside with Muhammad Ali. I still mm. have that picture. That that was definitely. Um, Michael Jordan was playing for the Wizards, so he was. That was mm. like weird and odd, but that was cool to kind of see him and his element and how much fun he had. And then um, T Mac threw the ball off the. Uh, oh, it was that game. Okay, we were on the we were on the same team. He came down the lane and threw the ball off the backboard. And I, I I can remember starting to go like it was a rebound, <laughs> and him and see him following after and taking off. And he, and he you know him him uh, you know that amazing play where he kind of threw the ball off the backboard. Yeah, and, you know that was that was great. But those are you know some of my some of my memories. Was that like? Did anybody see that coming? Was that something like he'd been working on in practice? Or like uh, I'm gonna break this out, or everybody was kind of just taking uh, it back. I mean, I think that's just the the the, the excitement and you know just how amazing you know our game is and the player our players are. You know, yeah, like that. You can't even. <laughs> that's not you know that's not a thing. You can't you can't do that in practice. You yeah, know, you like, just go with the flow yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, Mitchell, you were part of the. Uh, Olympic gold medal team. So, what, what do you remember about that experience? That was Sydney, I believe, Australia. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. I remember. You know, one we were gone forever. You know, like yeah, I can't. You know, training camp. Training camp started like the end of September. We had to be gone from like the first of the the, the end of July. Like we were gone like six weeks, and you know, mm-hmm. we trained in Maui. Um, then we went. We were in Melbourne for some time, and then you know, we had to be you know in Sydney. You know, three weeks or so, right? Um, you know, the the the, the memories there is just like the camaraderie. You know, I think yeah. you know, and, you know, you you do this with 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 a lot of guys. You know, one of the one of the um, the biggest misnomers, in my opinion, is that like all NBA players are friends, and mm. the reality is like you know, you know, you don't get to spend a lot of time with guys. You know, it's like right. in, in cities and out of cities and. You know, we play and you have, like, mutual respect for guys. Um, you know, but, like, on that team, for example, like, Kevin Garnett was on that team. I hadn't spent any real time with Kevin probably since high school. Yeah, uh-huh. you, know, you know, so um, Jason Kidd, you know, another cow guy. You know, I had, you know, in years I hadn't. So Steve Smith, who I, you know, he was a, a mm-hmm. hawk. And I grew up looking up to him. Um, you know, I never really spent time with him. So. Right. You, you know, you, we were together so much, Alonzo Morning. So you, you got to really know the guys and know their families. Um, you know, we, we weren't in the village. You know, we were kind of in mm-hmm. a you know, kind of hotel that we, us and the, um, the women's team, like we had that hotel locked down. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, kind of like a, a little small hotel. And, you know, we, you know, the guys, we just, you know, it wasn't anything to watch on TV. This is before, you know, this is before streaming things. Right. <laughs> you know, we really spent a lot of time. You know, we, yeah. We go bowling alley. We go bowl. We go. We go watch other events together. You know, Steve Smith and I. We go watch ping pong, for example, or right. track and field. So I remember that. I remember the the opening ceremony and seeing all of the, you know, all of the the, the other um, athletes, and it was like cool to meet them. And then see them go perform, and like right. you know, I met Jermaine Taylor, you know, mm-hmm. the boxer, um, you know, the the Williams sisters, you know, you, you just you know the 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 women's um, soccer team. So you saw, you know, you just get to meet all these people prior to that you wouldn't normally get to interact. Right, because you, you, yeah. you like there and open the ceremony, right? 
right. they're, you know, they're big stars. Some of them are rising. Um, I, I believe the, the track, the track runner, Maurice, Maurice Green, right? Yep. Like, like you, you meet these people, um, and, and like they're big, some of them are like rising stars and they're like telling you what they're going to go do. I'm about to, you know, I'm about, to go <laughs> about to go win the gold medal. And yeah, you, like, you know, you just take it like, okay. And then they go, they go do it and they go do it like, okay, wow. Like, you did, you know. so I mean, all of that was, you know, it was just, it was a great time, but you know, mostly like being, like I said, like being with the, with the other guys, like that was, yeah. you know, that was a great, that was a great time. Mm. So you were I I didn't even realize you were there for the T Mac dunk. You were also there for a, another iconic dunk, the the Vince Carter Ooh, uh, yeah. over Frederick Weiss dunk. What yeah. uh well just talk me through that from from your perspective there. Yeah, well, like you on the bench and you know, that's like one of those things you can't even like see that coming. You, you know, <laughs> right. the um the reaction of like wow, like did he really yeah, he yeah, okay, he did <laughs> Did it. He did There's it. no way he went over the top of it. Yeah. yeah, it was like unbelievable. Yeah, no, it was that. I mean, that's probably the that's probably the the, the greatest basketball player I've ever seen in person. That was just unbelievable. I mean, that's if you're gonna pick one to be, yeah, you know, like, have, have front row seats for. I feel like you got yeah. a you got a couple couple good candidates yeah. there. Yeah, no doubt. We won't uh, keep you too much longer. I did mention you were the founder of the Future Foundation. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so the Future Foundation is a is a not for profit organization. My wife and, my, and myself uh, we founded um, back in two thousand and one. So around the time that I was I was mm. the Hawks, and mm. the the purpose of, of of the organization is to help bridge the gaps for um, underserved young people in the metro Atlanta area. And mm-hmm. our, our focus primarily is on um, education, um, life skills, um, and just overall um, preparedness uh, for college and, and uh, exploring opportunities beyond, you know, I, I grew up, um, you know, before high school in South, South um, West Atlanta. So mm-hmm. trying to hope, hopefully give uh, perspective to young people beyond um, just our, our neighborhood. Yeah. Um, we've been fortunate in that time. We've been fortunate, um, you know, young people that have been connected to us. And I want to say we've, you know, you know, close to twenty thousand young people, you know, wow. come to our program. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, um, you know, almost we service almost a thousand, over a thousand a year uh, now. But you know, have graduated high school, um, gone on to some form of secondary. Uh, education, either college or trade mm-hmm. school. So the the work is the work has been um, extremely rewarding uh, for us. Uh, you know, it's hard work, you know, especially um, during this time. You know, yeah. you get to you get to see firsthand. You know, the heightened um, um, disparities in, in in resources and education. You know, many of our young people not having technology, not having you know, being suffering from food. Um, uh, inequities. Uh, uh, so, uh, but the the work and, and seeing the outcomes have, has has been extremely rewarding. Mm-hmm. Now is that like giving back, helping? Is that something that you like? You knew you always wanted to do, or is that like something that you know came along once you got into the league? Yeah, I, I'll say. Well, yeah. Well, I, I'd say two things. One, I, I have parents. You know, my mother mm-hmm. and my father were both just people, like community people. Right. And you know, we were always somehow involved in something community or you know, of, of giving, you know, sharing, you know, mm-hmm. 
and we didn't have a lot, but it was it would be you know um, sharing time, sharing um, you know good information, a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know that was you know just like that's just the the cloth, so to speak, that I come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, I will say, you know, I, you know, just the the the. Yeah, you know, the the Magic Johnsons as I came in, mm. um, Alonzo, Gary Payton, you know, so many guys that were giving. You were already doing that, yeah. I was doing that, and you know, I didn't quite understand what it meant. Um, you know, I had to find what was you know like Future Foundation and our purpose that meant something to me. Mm. Uh, but it was so many, you know, you know, guys that I looked up to that were just doing an outstanding job of like sharing and giving. Kevin Johnson, who was a you know, a cow guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of my, one of my, um, um, classmates at Cal, he had come through a similar type program that Kevin Johnson, you know, founded in Arizona and oh, okay. uh-huh. his path to, to, to Cal to school. So that did, you know, that the work that, you know, the players ahead of me, um, um, were doing that, that did inspire me. But mm-hmm. you know, my parents also said, um, I'd say the foundation. Definitely. Now, uh, one last question, something we like to ask all our legends. We're getting together part two or season two of our playlist. So what are you listening to when you're you know, on the way to the office, around the house, in the car? What can be old school, new school? What, hmm. what What's in your headphones? Man, it, it depends on the mood, man. That's okay. question, man. You know, um, I'm looking. I'm looking down right now to see like what's my what's my latest. What, what's kind of in the the latest? Yeah, what's uh, in the rotation? Um, you know, like so, like right now, uh, what's getting heavy play is like this this new Bruno Mars. Okay. Um, you know, I'd say if if, if I went went a little further back, um, mm. probably some um, Aretha Franklin. Okay, you know, some old school. Yeah. Yeah, and if I had to go, you know, go go hip hop is, you know, probably you know my era, Tupac and Jay Z. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get a nice mix on there. We'll throw a couple couple yeah. old school songs on there for you. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Shreve man, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you, thank you, Taylor. Of course, thank you. We'll talk to you soon, man. Yes, right, that'll do it. For this week's Legends Live, as you know, we've got new episodes live every Thursday, usually at 5 p.m., 4 p.m. Central, uh, on the NBA Alumni's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch page. I'd like to remind everybody you can catch replays of any episode at legendsofbasketball.com slash legendslive. You can catch the audio replay to any of our conversations uh, by searching for Legends Live wherever you get your podcast. I'd like to give a big thank you to Sharif. For joining us, thank you to Bridget, Julio, and Aaron behind the scenes. Thank you all for watching, and we will catch you next Thursday.